0: 1 thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 to 18 1 thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 to 18 and it's going to be on the screens but it says rejoice always pray continually and give thanks in all circumstance for this is God's will for you in Christ jesus the the title of my message this morning is is practicing thankfulness, practicing thankfulness, and I have to take a moment and give honor where honor is due. This whole message was birthed out of something that Pastor um, John Smack shared a couple of a couple of weeks back, and he was sharing about in in his sermon. He shared about um, the peace offering, and he said this one line, and God just just. Plucked at my spirit. There was just God just moved and spoke to me, but John said these words. He said they were thankful for what they didn't ask for. They were thankful for the things. And and over the last couple of weeks, I've been reading up on the peace offering and what that is. And you know, we in in modern society, we think of a peace offering as something that you would use to appease someone, maybe. Like, I think in in modern day terms, like, you know, when you've come home late or you've upset your wife, so you go out and get her her favorite chocolate or or get dinner or cook dinner just so that that when you see her next, she's not as angry as... But the biblical idea of a peace offering is completely different. It's almost the complete opposite. And I want to read you this. It says, a peace offering could be given as a freewill offering. Meaning that the worshiper was giving the peace offering as a way to say thank you for God's unsought generosity. It was basically just a way to praise God for his goodness. I love that. They were thankful for what they didn't even ask for. And I, I, I love that concept. But, you know, I think thankfulness isn't something that comes naturally to us. It's not something that comes particularly naturally to people, um, especially Especially, I think we see that more than ever now in, in the way our society is structured. Um, if we look at fashion, um, technology, the way we use technology, like we're constantly pushed and driven to go for the next thing, the next big thing, the next um, You know, we have to have the newest, we have to have the best, we have to have the biggest. And like, I don't think that's ever been more evident than in the smartphone industry. Like, I love smartphones. I think they are the coolest technology. I love my phone. I love getting a new phone. Like I, 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 I get my phone on a contract and I tell you what, I spend the whole two years just waiting to get the next when my contract ends and I can upgrade and I'm excited about it. But like just recently, I, I, the iPhone 11 came out and the same week, the day after the iPhone 11 was launched, I was reading an article about the iPhone 12 like that's how that's how quickly technology is evolving, and like the iPhone in particular, like it came out in two thousand and seven, so thirteen years, like the majority of my life, there has been an iPhone come out every year, and there has been a pressure to get the next phone to get the next phone now I don't like iPhones, but I get a Samsung, but they come out every year as well, so it doesn't matter um but like we because we use these things that are expensive, and we spend a lot of money on them. But then we're also, as soon as I get it, I'm on to the next thing. I'm on to the next thing. I have to have the next thing. We never really take time to appreciate what we have. And I know that I never really appreciate my phone because I'm already reading the articles about the next one that's going to come out. And like, I think when we live in a culture like that, where we're constantly pushed to get the next thing, the better thing to upgrade, we forget how to be thankful. And Over the last couple of weeks, what God's really been speaking to me is that thankfulness is a foundation to faith. It's a foundation to joy. It's a foundation to peace. It's a foundation to contentment. It's a foundation to trust. It's a foundation to loving others, to getting through tough times. Like, thankfulness is so important and so vital to all of those things. That, that if I want to trust God, I need to set my eyes on Him and be grateful for Him, be grateful for His goodness. And, you know, it, that's challenging because it's not something that comes naturally to us. When I, I, I grew up in a missionary family, and my parents were sort of like, if you had a scale of like really super strict parents that their kids never do anything... And parents that have kids that my kids are wild and they do whatever they want. My parents sort of fitted in the middle of that scale. Like we were, we had, we got a lot away with a lot of stuff. We got to do a lot of things that we wanted to do, but we also had a lot. Like there was some rules that, and we knew we didn't break those rules. And so one of the main rules growing up in a missionary family. Because when you're, when you're doing missions and you're living overseas, people want you to come over for dinner. People are excited for you to eat their food and, and be a part of them. So our, one of the biggest rules in our household was wherever we went, if we went to someone's house for dinner, if we went to an orphanage and they cooked us a meal, if we went to a, a childcare centre and they cooked us a meal, our rule was this. It was very simple. You eat it and you say thank you. And, you know, wherever we went, if we went out, and especially when we're younger, if someone was serving up, like me and my brother, we don't like fish. We just don't like it. The only way we eat fish is when it's battered, covered in oil. That's about it. <laughs> if it's any other way, we we can't eat it. But so if we, were, if we were to go to someone's house and we'd be like, oh, what's for dinner? And they like fish. And we'd, I just remember so clearly so many times I'd look at mum and dad and they'd look back at me and there'd be this moment and there'd be a look in my dad's eyes that were like boy, you're going to eat it, and you're going to say thank you. And see, the problem was, because what we learnt very quickly was that if you didn't eat it, there was a different look. And that look meant that when there's no witnesses around, you're going to get it. (laughs) And so you very quickly learn that there's going to be plates of food, and it didn't matter what it was, raw fish, bugs, whatever, you know. Um, One of my pet hates in Russia, they eat a lot of this. It's called, it's buckwheat. I don't know if you've ever had buckwheat. I hope you haven't because it's terrible. I cannot stomach it. I cannot stand it. I hate it. It's bitter and it's husky. They eat it like rice. They make porridge out of it. Like, I I cannot stand it in any form that buckwheat, like the idea of buckwheat pancakes makes me shiver. It's, I cannot stomach buckwheat. But I tell you what, I have eaten bowls full of buckwheat <laughs> and I've sat there and said thank you for it afterwards because I didn't want a hiding. <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> um, sometimes we have to eat things that we don't like and we say thank you. And what I didn't realize what my parents were doing was they were building a culture of saying thank you. And after a while, after you've eaten so many foods and said thank you for it, even though you don't like it, it starts to become not just a prompt by mum and dad, but it's just something that you do. And so because I've practiced this for so many years, it didn't matter that when I went away with, um, I was in a band, and I did a lot of stuff with church and evangelism, and you'd go to a different town, and you'd go to some old lady's place who's just so pumped that you are there and has cooked you this amazing feast that's beyond her means and you know like this meal that she's prepared for you like the rest of the week she's going to be on bread and water but she's prepared this meal for you and all of a sudden you start to you don't just appreciate the fact that it's food whether you like it or not but you appreciate the effort that goes into it the time the the fact that this this woman has just prepared you this meal and she's so excited that you are there And all of a sudden, you're not waiting for mom and dad to give you the look. You just live it out. You just eat it. You just, and I've, you know, I've eaten some weird things, um, raw, like oysters that are like massive and all sorts of things. And you just eat it and you say thank you and you don't enjoy it, but you eat it. And, you know, Paul writes in in Philippians 4.12, he says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And, you know, I've read that verse so many times over and over again. And I'm like, what is the secret to being content? What is the secret to, and I, I think that being content, a huge part of being content is being thankful. A huge part of being content is being thankful. And I'm like, what is the secret, though, to that? what is the secret? And sometimes I, I, I used to think it was just accepting the situation. Like it doesn't matter where you like it. Like Paul wrote this verse in prison. Like he's sitting in prison writing, I have learnt the secret to being content. I'm like, how do you be content in prison? How do you be content when you've served up something that you don't like? When you're served up, and I'm not just talking about food, but what if you're if served up bitterness? If you served up a situation, if you have to deal with people that you don't like, how do you be content in that? And I've been thinking about it. And then just this week, verse 9 jumped out at me. Philippians 4, verse 9, it says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And I think the secret, part of the secret is not just accepting your situation, but it's actually going, in spite of my situation, in spite of what I've been served up, in spite, I'm just going to practice thankfulness. I'm just going to practice being content. And it doesn't mean that it's going to happen right away. But if you keep practicing it, if you keep doing it, eventually what is unnatural is going to become natural. You know, I, I love playing guitar. And I wish that I had come out of the womb with the skill to just rock out. Right, I love I love looking at my favorite guitar players, and I wish that I could be as good as them. I wish I could be um, as talented as them. But what the truth is, what that requires is that it requires practice. And if you know, I have been practicing guitar now for um, 19 years. I've been playing guitar, and to be where I am today requires practice. Like, and because of that practice, when I pick up a guitar now, I can do a G chord and I don't have to think about it. It just, my fingers just go that way, but it didn't happen at the start. It took years of sitting there and putting my fingers in that shape and getting used to it and then taking it off. And then coming back the next day and putting it on again. And sometimes I think if we want to be thankful, if we want to be content, it's going to take practice of getting up every day and saying, I'm grateful for this. Getting up every day and saying, and if you're not thankful for your situation, just thanking God for His goodness. Just thanking God for what He's doing. Thank you that He's with you. Thanking that He has a plan for you. Um, Over the last few years, um, in 2014, I came up with some goals that I wanted to achieve before 2020. So I had, it was sort of like a five-year plan, but there were more goals because there was no actual plan of achieving those things. It was just four or five things that I wanted to achieve. And I'm absolutely so blessed to say that I actually, before 2020, I achieved all of my goals. So I had, there's four things that I I wanted to uh, get a girlfriend. I wanted to get married. I wanted to work full-time here at church. And I wanted to get a new car. Those were the four things that I wanted to achieve before 2020. And just in, in towards the end of last year, I actually, um, all those things happened. And I can't say that I achieved them because I didn't really have any part in making all of those things happen. They, it's just honestly God's blessing. Um, I worked hard. I did the best that I possibly could. But in the end, all of those situations were birthed out of God's timing and God's blessing. And at the end of last year, I... It was a little bit before I brought my car, but I had one of the youth kids on Friday night came up to me, and he just and we're playing basketball and we're hanging out, and just out of the blue he asked me a question. Hey Luke, when are you going to get a real job? (laughs) And it took me back for a second. I'm like, what do you mean get a real job? I've got a real job. I I work here at church. I, you know, I, I do graphics and I I clean and 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 I get to hang out with you guys every Friday night. Like I love what I do. Like this this for me this is a real job. And he's like, yeah, but, like, you're never going to be rich. Like, you're never going to make lots of money. Like, you need to get a real job. Like, you know, and I'm like, wow. And, like, I hadn't really thought of it that way. And I think a huge part of, like, when you're thankful for something, you stop chasing the next thing. Like, when you're thankful for something, you pour all of your energy and your passion and your your hopes. And so, like, I am so grateful for my job. And And that's not to say when you're thankful you're not ambitious, but your ambitions sort of change. You wanna wanna build the thing that you're grateful for. You wanna strengthen the thing that you're grateful for. And that's so easy when it's a blessing, when it's something that you've wanted, when it's something that you've pursued. But how hard is it when it's something that you don't want? How hard is it when it's something that is super hard, when it's something that you don't wanna do? Like, how many times has God asked you to do something that you don't want to do? Maybe it's, it's going hang out with people that, that, that drive you crazy. Maybe it's going through a situation where the bank account is way lower than you want it to be, where the job that you do does not satisfy you, it does not make you happy, and you still do it, because it's the only option. It's where God's placed you, and you're just walking through that season, and it's so hard to be thankful It's so hard to be thankful. And it's in those moments that we need to practice thankfulness more than ever. Because, see, what thankfulness does is it takes our eyes off our situation and turns them towards God. When I'm thankful for His goodness, even though I'm not happy, even though the situation's hard, even though the odds seem insurmountable, that when you start being thankful for God and his goodness you start taking your eyes off your situation and set them on him and instead of being here and down in the dumps you're setting your eyes on him and you realize slowly day by day after just it's sometimes it's just waking up and god i'm thankful for your goodness and that's all i can be thankful for you know i'm not thankful for Whatever else is going on, I'm not thankful for my bank account. I'm not thankful for the person that is just going to push my buttons all day. I'm not thankful for the situation. I'm not thankful that it's hard, and I feel like I'm just trudging through. But I'm thankful for your goodness. And sometimes you're going to have to wake up, and you're not even going to be thankful for that. But it's just about voicing it. Because when you start voicing it... Day by day after practicing and practicing and practicing and getting better, it's going to become, go from an unnatural thing to a natural thing. That even though I'm not thankful at this moment, if I keep practicing, eventually I will be thankful. And each day it's going to take my eyes off my situation, off the the challenges, off the worry, off the fear, off the anxiety, and turn them towards my Creator. Because He's bigger than my situation. He's bigger than what's going on. He's bigger than 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 whatever's going on. He's bigger than the persons that are pushing my buttons. And when I'm thankful for him, I'm going to lean into him. And when I'm leaning into him, I'm going to start hearing his voice. And when I start hearing his voice, I'm going to start seeing things his way. And slowly by slowly, our our whole perspective changes on the situation because we start seeing things through God's eyes. We start seeing the people that push our buttons through his, uh, his eyes because he loves them. might be hard for us to love them, but He loves them. And if I start seeing them through His eyes, I might start to love them. I hope I will. And so when it's hard is when we need to truly practice thankfulness. And, you know, I love what David writes in Psalms 23, 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. And I think even though I'm in the dark valley if I just start practicing thankfulness, my eyes are going to go from the dark valley and the fear and the challenge to Him. My eyes are going to turn away from my situation and they're going to set on Him. Because what we don't realize is that whenever we're in a difficult situation, if we're not turning our eyes to God, we actually turn our eyes to something else. And I, I'm incredibly guilty of this. But sometimes we... we um, sometimes we confuse thankfulness and contentment for a a different perspective. And we start... So it's easy to stand there and go, oh, I'm in this really hard situation, but if I look over at Fred and his house is just burnt down, oh, my situation suddenly looks really good. Like, I've got somewhere to live. Or if I'm, you know, I've got a really job that I really hate, if I look over at the homeless guy, then all of a sudden my situation isn't too bad. But what we don't realize about perspective is that it's very limited. It, it's it's only going to satisfy for a moment, and then it's not going to work anymore. Like uh, a few years back, I had the opportunity to go on a on a two-week camping two and a half-week camping trip to this remote volcanic island just north of Japan, and um, I was there for two and a half weeks. It was all hiking and and we got to climb volcanoes and look in volcanic craters and swim in hot lakes, and it was amazing, trip of a lifetime. But on one particular part of that trip, the, the second week, five days of that trip, we were going to stay in a, um, like a volcano exploded and it left a huge crater, and we were going to get to, we had the opportunity to go and stay in this crater and camp in there. And the problem, the, the, the hard part was that we had to climb up a uh it was a four and a half hour climb up and another hour back down the other side to get into this crater and it was super steep and we all had packs on that were about roughly 30 to 40 kilos. Um, It had all of our food and tents and everything. And as we started climbing the outside of the crater we realized that it was way too steep and too hard for a lot of the girls and the women that were with us. So they left their packs. And all the, a bunch of guys had to take on their pack. So if it was easy walking, we had a 30 kilogram on our back and a 30 kilogram pack on our front. When it got really steep and really hard, we'd put a pack down, take one pack up, and then leave it, then go back down and get another pack and take it up. And so what should have been a sort of five or six hour hike turned into a 10 hour hike. And we sent a couple of guys ahead to cook dinner. So... When I finally got down the other side, what am I greeted to but a huge bowl full of buckwheat (laughs) and tinned meat that is like disgusting tinned meat. That's what was for dinner. It was the best meal I've ever had in my life. I kid you not. I have not had a meal that compares to that, but I have had buckwheat since then, and I still hate it. So... In that situation, when I was absolutely starving, it was fantastic. It was the best meal I've ever had. I still swear to this day that that is the best meal I've ever eaten. It still doesn't taste good. It was only based on that specific moment that I had a change of perspective, but it didn't last. And so often in life, when we're looking at other situations, like... If I, if I get, like, I've heard on the radio so many times in the last few weeks, like, radio presenters and things going, oh, I'm just so grateful I live where I live because my house hasn't burnt down and, it, like, it's just, I'm so grateful for my house. But if we're just gaining our perspective from, from someone else's situation, like, your situation is still going to be there tomorrow. It's still going to be there in an hour. It's still going to be there maybe in two months. And that little bit of perspective, if we don't turn it into, into gratefulness, if we don't like just use it and move forward then it's, it 's not going to do anything for us it 's not going to sustain us and if all of a sudden we're instead of being thankful we 're just looking for six orations to validate how we feel to make us feel a little bit better and we 're not actually moving forwards we 're just staying in the same spot because i 'm just using someone else 's problems to make me feel good, and we do like that 's something that we do and it 's so important. That we be thankful and, and, and practice being thankful instead of using a different situation or, or something in the moment that we, even though it's hard, at least we're still moving forward. At least we're, you know, that's something to be thankful for in itself. You know, I don't want to just be thankful for when God shows up. I want to be thankful all the time. And, you know, I see, I, we see this in Jesus, Um, i've been reading through the gospels and often when jesus before jesus does a miracle he actually thanks god so we see this when he feeds the five thousand he takes the bread gives thanks and then breaks it um in john chapter 11 this one is i I think it feels particularly powerful lazarus has died he's been dead for four days jesus shows up and this Jesus weeps, he, he, he mourns with the family, he, he listens. But then finally he, he goes up to the tomb. And in John chapter 11, 41, Jesus is standing at the tomb. He asked them to roll the stone away. And so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Lazarus, the miracle hasn't happened yet. Lazarus hasn't come out. N- nothing's happened yet. Everyone's still mourning. Everyone's still upset. And here's Jesus standing at the tomb going, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Not thank you that the miracle is going to happen. Not, and I'm like, man, imagine standing there and hearing Jesus say that. You'd probably be like, like, Lazarus is still dead. What if God says no? What if God doesn't raise Lazarus? What, like, what are you going to do then? But Jesus, Jesus isn't grateful for the miracle. He's grateful that God's heard him. He's grateful that God has heard him. And I think that's such a key element. Like we did our prayer and praise cards this morning. And like, I think there's something to writing down a praise and a prayer at the same time, because that praise is going to start to lift something. It's going to start to go, well, actually, I am grateful for God's doing something. I've got this need, but God's already moving in my life. God's already doing something, and maybe he doesn't answer my prayer, but he's already moving. He's already doing something, because when we are thankful, it starts to build hope. It starts to build faith. It starts to build joy. It starts to build all of those things, and then we start, we can look at God and go, well, God might do something. Maybe, just maybe, maybe he won't answer it the way you want. Maybe it will be no, but at least he heard me. Like, I can be grateful for the fact that he heard me, and I don't want to, like, I don't want to live my life thanking God only when he shows up. In, If the band want to come back, in Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19, 10, um, 10 lepers are uh, walking past and they see Jesus and they shout out for him to heal them. They're not allowed to go close to him, so they shout out. And Jesus decides... To heal them and he sends them off to the priest and when they present themselves to the priest they're completely healed, all ten of them one guy comes back and thanks Jesus one guy comes back and thanks Jesus and I was, I've, been, I've just been praying about that story and praying like God just put that on my heart and for a while I just could not work out what it meant but as I've been praying like how do I be like that one guy How do I be like the guy that came back? And I felt God say to me, it's not about being thankful in the moment. It's about being thankful in the process. And I I can't speak for that guy. The Bible doesn't elaborate. But I kind of have to wonder, maybe that guy was thankful even when he had leprosy. Maybe, Maybe it was his parents. Maybe it was his situation. But maybe he was just ingrained with the process of thankfulness. Maybe he had just been practicing thankfulness his whole life. Maybe, I don't know, but I just feel like when we're thankful, not just in the moment where we get the blessing, but we're thankful when it's hard. We're thankful when it's challenging. We're thankful and we're constantly practicing that. Like if we're just thanking God when he shows up, that's just good manners. If we're thanking God just when he shows up, that's the very least that we can do. Because, like, when I was two, that was one of the first things that I got taught. You, when you get something, you say thank you. When you want something, you say please. Like, that's just good manners. It's the very least that we can do. But when we're thankful through the process, when we're practicing thankful, not as just a one-off thing, but as something that we live out of. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, a culture. It's a posture of thankfulness. That's when we, when we set our eyes on God and we follow Him and we lean into Him and faith starts to grow and hope starts to grow and contentment starts to grow. I think we're called to live our lives as a peace offering. That it's not just in the moment, it's not just when God shows up, but we're constantly thanking God for His goodness. And you know, I, I have this, this idea, this concept in my heart that I shared it from the platform ages ago that Christians aren't meant to be weird, they're meant to be questionable. That we're not meant to be weird and freak people out, but we're meant to inspire um, people to ask questions. And what is more questionable than walking out every single day thanking God for our situation? Like, you look at the world right now, our, our country has been on fire, now it's flooded, we've got insane viruses coming out of China. Like, what is more questionable than a bunch of people going out and being thankful for their creator every single day, going out carrying joy, carrying faith, carrying hope? You know, that is going to be questionable. That is what's going to inspire people to go, well, what is different about you? What do you have that I don't have? And I think all of that stems out of practicing thankfulness every single day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you're doing, God. I thank you for every single person in this room right now, God, whether they're, they're in a season of blessing or in a season of challenge, God. But God, right now, I just pray that you would start to build within each and every one of us a attitude, a, a, a posture, a culture, a, a lifestyle of thankfulness. That, God, by our thankfulness, we would be encouraged to to build faith and hope and and joy, God. that, That we would learn to be content. God, that that is something that we would practice day in and day out. Being content in what you're doing, setting our eyes on you. And God, I just pray that over every single one of us this morning. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you have a plan and purpose for each and every one of us, God. And we just thank you for this. We thank you, God, in your heavenly name. Amen.